Hey Zookeepers, it's Brandon, one of the Kaiju Hollywood bad boys, hoping you're having a good February, or whenever you're listening to this in the future. We had on a Chicago comedian and amazing artist, Winslow Dumain, to talk about the movie Nosferatu. We're also releasing this while his new Kickstarter for his tarot deck, the Tarot Restless 3rd Edition, is up on Kickstarter. Uh, I highly recommend you check it out and consider uh, throwing a few shekels his way. It's amazing art. It's a really cool project. And if you're listening to this in the future and the Kickstarter's over, just go to winslowdomain.com and check out his art. Dude's got fucking killer stuff. I mean, it's all good. Uh, but yeah, really fun episode. And if you uh, like what you hear, give us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or subscribe to us on Spotify. All that helps. And as always, if you tweet at us at Podzuki, read it on air. It's a fun time. But yeah, um, get ready for the goth poised. Render unto Ghidra what is Ghidra's. Ten to one he sees you through a beaker and a tweezers. Read the fine print and be like, what's the big deal? Spun wheels of steel since broke wheel, big wheel. Back when it was greasy as curl, now it's easy dread. Had a rhyme on how they used to tease him about his peasy head. Yes, yes, y'all to the beat. All right, hey everybody. This is kind of a flirty start already. This is a, this is a sensual. I, I had something I wanted to say. Say the start of the episode. I wanted to say, <laughs> go go ahead, my my sexy Luke. I just wanted to say, fuck Kanye West. I don't no, oh, nothing I mean, new yeah, yeah. happened except for the other day. Uh, one of my coworkers, while we were closing the restaurant, was playing uh, King Crimson, a twenty first century schizoid man. And I realized that my favorite Kanye West song, Power, he just stole 21st Century Schizoid Man. I know they call it sampling. And I found that with so many of Kanye West songs that I've loved. Like, oh, I love, I actually love a different song. He just took that song and, yeah. like, added words over it. Well, I mean, it. you're already in the wrong because the best Kanye West song is Flashing Lights. And he really hasn't done anything that great since graduation. Come at me, bros. Uh, anyways, <laughs> yeah. welcome to Podzuki. Right. This is the podcast where we talk about big monsters and the movies they're in. I'm one of your uh, Hollywood kaiju uh, bad boys. I'm going to go with bad boys this episode because we're a bunch of bad boys. I'm Brandon. I, I agree with what Luke said, too, uh, especially because he's betrayed all of his values so quickly with standing up for, uh, you know, black people back in the Bush uh, era. And now he's with Trump. And that's and uh, making uh, what a, Michael what Myers very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, uh, Scott. He could. He had the chance to just whip out such a funny line that he could have gotten within the moment. So also, well, I love that. Guys. And we're talking about the like George Bush doesn't care about black people. You could tell Mike Myers like he turns and starts saying like what right as they cut the feed. <laughs> yeah, okay, that is pretty funny. But I'm another one of your Hollywood kaiju bad boys, Luke Evans Flip. Hey, it's me, your third Hollywood kaiju bad boy, Martin Felschman, and we've got a fucking great guest today. Fucking everyone give it up for Winslow Dumain. Woo! Woo! Okay, hey, hey Winslow, tell us a little bit about yourself. Man, I'm just chilling. Uh, I ate too much protein powder and pot roast, and so now it feels like I'm going to be shitting hammers for a couple days, but you know, <laughs> just chilling. Yeah, we got to we gotta get this episode going before you. Oh my god! Food coma yeah, I, I, it's not been good. I've, I've been trying to figure out because I've been lifting weights all quarantine because I want to come back and fuck. Uh, so yeah, I, I've, I've done this thing where I'm trying to figure out exactly like what my body needs, what my diet needs, because I don't eat, I eat, I eat cheese, but I don't eat a lot of milk, right? Mm. Um, and so I went from a 
rather delicious and very easy, uh, easy drinking whey protein powder. And then I moved over to this much more expensive, uh, less dense uh, vegan protein powder because the way should I, I thought the way was making me just shit water. And then I tried the vegan stuff and I was like, I would rather be shitting water because this stuff tastes like rattlesnake blood. This is so bad. It's, it's like, I, I feel that man. The closest so we'll ever get bad. to Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah, it's well. No, I think I think this is the episode because I also have been trying to stay in shape and working out this uh, pandemic, and I actually do protein like every other day, and I've had the same experience of like weight kind of gives you the shits, but plant protein, it's like it's like drinking a bar of gum. Uh, like that's the only way you could describe. It's it. like chalk. It's so, like how could it, dude? And it, the other thing is like, all right, listen, I I I'm an ascetic in the sense that like I don't take pleasure from food. Or I don't really, like, pursue pleasure with a lot of things. I, I just, I work really hard on everything. I don't really, like, do things for my own pleasure, right? And so it's perfectly easy for me to have the exact same meal every single day. I've had the same meal for literally the past all of quarantine. Almost every day I have, uh, like, scrambled eggs, sausage tacos. I have protein. I have some fruit. And then I have chicken and rice. And... I'm perfectly fucking fine with that. But this this goddamn protein powder is this it's annihilating. And I talked to uh Ben Roy, you know Ben Roy, he's in the Grolix. Um mm-hmm. I asked him, like, what's the story? How do you drink this vegan shit? And he's like, I just mix it with water and just like push it down. It, it's yeah, it's so bad. You just gotta, yeah, it's it's you just gotta power yeah, it. It's truly wretched. But uh I'm I, fucking yeah. Yeah, I look better than I've ever looked in my life. Like I've got arms and shit now. It's insane. Like I, I, I'm not like conceited, but at, at a certain point, I just don't recognize myself in the mirror anymore. It's kind of tight. You've been working hard. You deserve yeah. a little bit of just you know terrible self reflection. You don't recognize yourself. I, I, my goal is for like a Peter Steele kind of thing. You know him? He's the, <laughs> he's he's like the fucking super jacked goth from what? He's a typo right. negative, right? I'm I'm googling this now. I gotta know. Oh yeah. Oh, he is like such a delicious pile of man. Look at this. Oh my god. Oh. Would definitely. I if I was like, like a a goth chick in the early '90s, I would for sure want to be getting railed by this dude. No doubt. Or man, I don't know why I'm going with just genders. You know what? Ginger doesn't see any type of shades when it's a, a hot beefcake like this. Everybody There's loves a, it. You know? Some comics about like. If Henry Rollins and Glenn Dan- Danzig were in a gay relationship, yeah, that's fun. I'm here right, for it. So, uh, I-, I should say this too. I-, I think we've all been like trying to like get as hot as possible during the pandemic, um, and I, I no. know I, I don't no. think he's going to do it himself. Uh, well, hey Luke, listen, <laughs> I'm doing this for our boy Martin. I saw his legs on Instagram the other day, and they were looking real tight. So I just wanted to give a shout out to that too. Thank you, Brandon. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, he's been doing I that ring fit adventure because that's—I feel it works out your legs better than does everything, anything else. Especially if you do the quiet, like the non-disturb mode, rather than the regular run-in-place mode. Oh, yeah. I mean, this stuff works because it just it gets you to stay in place and do squats. Really, it's just doing a repetitive, awful exercise over and over again that's going to yeah. get you in shape. I so. mean, it'll, it'll tone you. I don't think Ring Fit Adventure is going to like 
it's not going to help you out exercise a bad diet, but no. Yeah, no, of course. I, I would. You always have to have a good diet if you want to want to lose weight and or get in better shape. I know. I just don't want to. No, I'll it. give a a hot. Okay. I'll give a hot tip right now if you want to do something that can cut into a bad diet right away. Even if you're not eating the best, stop eating food after 9 p.m. Does it does uh, miracles? Just gonna oh, say yeah, that. Oh yeah, intermittent fasting. I started doing that. I'm very hangry in the mornings, but afterwards, I'm doing fine. Yeah, well, this is this really is a joke in that <laughs> podcast now. Yeah, but it's it's hard to do that intermittent fasting thing when you like because I was anorexic for so long that it's just like it seems like such a a little devil's bargain. Where it's, it's like no, you're just gonna be anorexic for. 16 hours a day. It's kind of it's problem not a full I had. day of anorexia. I've, yeah, I've known some people who have done it, yeah. like, healthily, but when I first, like, saw the subreddit, it seemed kind of like like the pro-Anna thing. Like, not as severe as that, but it seemed kind of lean to, tor- to lean towards that. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, anything in moderation. I mean, especially if there is, like, a history of, like, eating disorders, of course you want to watch that. But, like, it's just the concept of your body can break down and get more on a normal metabolization. If you well, the whole eating, eating after a certain times, nothing new. I think it's more, I have more of a problem with the term intermittent fasting. Sounds bad. Yeah, I get that. Because there's definitely some, like, health nuts I've heard, especially in workout videos. I'm like, ooh, buddy, I'm not going to drink this Kool-Aid for sure. It's, uh, yeah. It's a. I, I think it's funny that we're getting all this because we're not even watching anything remotely on this this plane of existence. Because we decided to get a Winslow out for a very fun little goth outing, which is Nosferatu. Uh, I don't know why I decided that we should do this, but I saw it was on YouTube for free, and I'm like, you know what? He's pretty tall, so that's almost kaiju adjacent to me. And I've always wanted to watch Nosferatu, so. and it is kind of like it's it's in line with the sh- all of the goth kids are losing their mind over the tall. Tall check in the new Resident Evil, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at that. So, I think that I think has that... to do more, do more with titties though than the, how tall she is. No, no, it's it's the height. I'm into a dummy mommy. I mean, they they call yeah. her tall lady and not big titty lady for a reason, I suppose. Well, yeah, they're they're respectful. <laughs> but yeah, society is finally society dead. is. We're finally gonna fucking make it. So true, yeah. but every bit of like fan just... art I've seen. The tits were emphasized over the tallness, I believe. Well, that's fan art. That's just called good <laughs> fan art. Have you ever seen yeah. a drawing of me, Luke? I've got huge tits. Yeah, yeah. He's got this. I mean, I've seen, I've seen tits put on Kirby at this point. So Kirby should just have one. He should just be a big tit. That's how yeah, I kind yeah. of feel like Kirby, maybe his that's tits would just be two Kirby's on his chest. <laughs> Uh, hey, Podzuki fans and zookeepers at home, please draw Kirby with tits, but the tits are his face. Uh, send it to Podzuki Podcast. Or, or it'd be like, uh, what's uh, what's the thing from uh, Total Recall? Watto? Yeah, Watto. Start the reactor! Oh, oh. Man, we haven't done that movie yet. We're fucking up, dude. We gotta do that sometime <laughs> in the future. I love that movie. Um, but yeah, I wanted to ask you guys, like, history of, like, uh, with, with Nosferatu. Did any of you guys ever have one of those, like, boring college film classes where you had to watch You mean it? those awesome college film classes? But no, I'd never I'm seen I'm trying it to be a cool I, I was very no. aware of it, okay. but I mostly with the image of Max Shrek as Nosfer, as Count Orlock. But, it's uh, it's kind of an it. ironic name, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, his name I mean, literally I'm... means Maximum Terror. <laughs> it's so cool. I saw that when I was doing like uh, research. You think that could because there's so little info about Max Shrek. You think that's probably a stage name? 
a lot of people have theorized that, especially because it was so back in the day before we had like a whole paparazzi and media circuit on just entertainment. Uh, but more than likely, that that actually was his name because it. I mean, he shortened it a bit. His full name was. Uh, I got to pull that up now because it's pretty. <laughs> Max fun. Shrek Max produced by DreamWorks. <laughs> yeah. yeah Max, oh, okay. No, yeah. Shrek forever after. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So here's the reason. Took... Oh, Jesus, I was about to walk over a really good joke of Barnes, man. I'm, I'm glad I caught that last second. Uh, but yeah, he took some liberties. His full name was Frederick uh, Gustav Maximilian Schreck. Even that full name's pretty yeah, badass, pretty though. Name. Well, it's an old school German yeah. name, so. Yeah. This is a interesting thing in history with this film. It was right before the Nazi Party started gaining power. So reading these uh, the biographies of this, it's like this combination of stars that got out of the country when it started to become a, a Nazi state, or people who just died in like 1930 because everyone died early. See, yeah, that's what <laughs> I was researching some of that because I know it was it was Nazi Germany when he died, but it was still a couple of years before Kristallnacht, before the liquidation of the ghettos. So I was looking up to see if maybe he was a Nazi, but I couldn't find any info if he was. He could have been an asshole, yeah, but he probably a, wasn't a Nazi. He was probably just an actor. Let's give a, a shout-out to Nosferatu for being pretty Nazi-free from a German film in 1920, 20, or 1922. Because uh, the lead actor who played... Uh, our, our hero, uh, Thomas, was actually one of the heads of like a communist party in Germany that had to flee when the Nazi regime started happening and was pretty active in the socialist scene afterwards see, he until he died in like... Uh, was Thomas wow, Hutter, whoever played Thomas Hutter. He was kind of my favorite actor yeah, other than Shrek, obviously, in the movie. He seemed to understand that... <laughs> We're like... to make so many Shrek jokes this episode. <laughs> Well, he seemed I, to understand that like it's a silent movie, so you gotta really like emote with your body and your face. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. I found kind of the most interesting about this was that you can really tell the uh, the after effects of going directly from theater into working with film because like this this is a, a, a film that's very true to its theatrical roots you know mm -hmm. especially when you compare it to like the the cabinet of dr caligari where it's everything is very very expressionistic very drawn out lines you know literally painting where the light falls on the set you know i, I thought that yeah. was all very um very inspired yeah yeah, I, I, I'm going to say this. I don't want to do an overview too soon until we get to the reviews. But overall, I was I was pretty impressed watching this. Like, I didn't feel super bored, which I was worried was going to happen. I mean, I don't think anybody's yeah. going to be surprised by that. It's hailed as one of the most important movies ever made. Right, right, right. And we're lucky that we I mean, have it at all that uh, Bram Stoker's widow tried to get all copies of the film destroyed. That's pretty funny. Yeah, but women do that. Yeah, <laughs> women be doing that. You know, they're just upset that they clearly did rip off Dracula. They wrote it in the in the opening credits. That from they did Bram Stoker's uh, Dracula. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's the one of the most interesting things about it too uh, is like uh, by the point that they had collected all the films after this like German lawsuit, there was only I think they said like nine copies left of it. So, like, it is truly amazing that we still have, like, such a good, you know, master reel of it and still around to this are you, day. Are you sure so. they were saying there were nine copies left or no copies left? 
<laughs> hey, look at you. Sorry. Yeah, we're having fun. We're all having fun. I, 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 do, I do have an honest question for everyone here, because I didn't realize that his name was Thomas Hutter until, like, I went and read everything afterwards. Because the film uses very, very nice script for all of its lines. And I thought our main character's name was Butter for the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been such a good film. I'm fam- I like, somewhat oh, familiar. I'm somewhat familiar with that font. So I recognize it as an H. But it does, it does look I, I Man, weird. I can't read cursive for shit. Yeah, I, uh, I knew cursive in like grade school, middle school, and then have slowly dropped off. So I could read most of it, but I feel like it's always a struggle. I just thought it was weird that his last name was Hutter, but even his wife referred to him as Hutter. I don't think he's ever referred to as Thomas, except for maybe like the the framing text, or like the the letter that's the book that's written by. I think who's supposed to write be writing the book that frames the entire story? They don't ever really say, do they? Yeah, I mean. I guess I would get too too deep into spoilers of like um, who survives to the end of the movie because I'm I'm not too I, yeah I don't really know who would be writing that. If somebody tweeted at us for uh, spoiling Nosferatu after this episode, I would destroy them like as a human being, not just like over the internet. Like I would try to find all the information and just dox them because there's a certain point when it just becomes too much. Oh, not everyone can it's, see every uh, film, Brandon. You know what? I, that's true. I'm talking from a point of privilege as usual. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm looking over just details for if they actually have a name for like he was supposed to be like writing it as it, it was going for the as they call it the death that came to Visburg. Which once again, there's there's some really cool and metal stuff in this movie. Yeah, that I, really enjoyed. I I thought it was interesting because you could really watch it and see. I mean, anytime that you watch something that's really 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 old, you can kind of see like I bet that might be the first time that they ever used that kind of you know, this X or Y, like this um, type of, I, I don't know, like the when he arrives on like those cloaked horses where like they introduce the bad oh, guy yeah. before, you oh, know what I, I mean? I laughed when I saw that uh, like the yeah. horses were wearing robes as well. So Yeah. Cool. Yeah, but um, I think one of the biggest issues I have with this is this movie has also ripped off Castlevania, <laughs> and I hope Konami sues them. <laughs> I think it's pretty clear that they've taken a lot of ideas and liberties. Well, you're in luck um, because Konami doesn't give a shit about any of the games that they've ever made. So <laughs> They really yeah. don't. What do they, what like, they do? They have Pachinko so machines with Castlevania now? No, yeah. no they also make I, Metal Gear yeah, Solid basically. games that get them money. Yeah, they Metal did that yeah. once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, they released it's ROM hacks of uh, the same yeah, Metal Gear games. Yeah, to to go back into it, and we'll start getting the actual plot of the film. But I think Winslow really hit the like the nail on the head is that the the film has a really great aesthetic to it. Like, I mean, even to this day, it's got like that kind of like German expressionism mixed with like a goth sensibility, and it just looks dope. Like watching it the whole time, I probably wasn't always bored. Is like they really put some time and effort to like this otherworldly design and like i mean count orlock he's still looking pretty freaking creepy like i mean <laughs> they did a good job I, with that he's the best part of the movie obviously i mean he's the villain and like it's a vampire movie so the vampire should be the most interesting thing but just that image of him like you the you the really famous image i think is from like about halfway into the movie when he like, kind of like floats into thomas's room 
Oh, yeah. And that's when he's not wearing the weird hat yeah. anymore. And you can see his pointy ears <laughs> and his crazy long fingers, which I could not... I don't know how they did those. I guess they could have just been, like, prosthetics or something, but he I looks like a monster. They just... Fingers. They pulled his fingers really hard before each scene. Everyone knows that. Uh, are you guys at all familiar with the band um, uh, Portal? Uh, it's yeah, it's uh, Australian like death metal, but uh, they take a lot of inspiration from these old um, these old movies. And they have uh, if you just Google if you pull it up really quick, um, uh, Portal death metal. Yeah, in my research, um, they're like death metal and progressive rock bands love this movie. They love to reference it and make for sure. concept, al- concept al- albums about it. Right. But he does, uh, he takes a lot of like, you know, musically, the portal is, is fairly straightforward. I mean, as death metal goes, uh, mm-hmm. lyrically, there's a lot of like different offshoots, but like their stage shows are all very much based on like, silent films and the the horrors of uh like the turn of the turn of the 20th century and so early on in portals live performances uh the main guy for the band would go out on stage full black everybody's in full black cloaks um and he had a full cuckoo clock for a head that you can't even see his face because there's a black like screen in front of it and he had like the long really long tentacle fingers that he would like perform the show completely concealed you know i found a a picture of that it looks so fucking rad oh my god this rules i just pulled it up yeah they they fucking rip man yeah i can't wait to check Uh, he's like a he's like a boss character from blasphemy yeah he's it's you can really see a lot of the influence between from this to bloodborne you know what i mean the nasirato to bloodborne oh yeah um yeah, I don't think that there enough is done with this part of history. You know what I mean? I mean, German expressionism films, like you mentioned, uh, uh, with uh, the cabinet of Doctor uh, Caligari. Yeah, yeah, Caligari. Like the, that's <laughs> another one that just has such a striking look. I was going to say Cagliostro. So I'm so glad <laughs> that's in. the that's Everyone's the loop on the favorite. third movie. <laughs> Yep, yep. Everyone's. <laughs> I know that's why the it's third movie. That was directed by Miyazaki, yeah. which is a is a really good movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's also a really great. Movie. I really like the backpack of Mr. Calamari, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, we got anime all over yeah. German expressionism. Mr. Megorium yeah, Wonder no, is... <laughs> <laughs> There we go. We can't get all out. But that's a, that's the thing I think that like uh, I also agree with is it's it's got such a, a, a stark contrasting and different look from so many things that you don't see represented or kind of emulated because I mean even the Dracula that came after this uh, and that whole Universal Monsters is, has more of a iconic look that people kind of copy but it just doesn't feel as like fresh and like otherworldly as like Nosferatu does. That's I think that's I think that's pretty true because a lot of it is they a lot of work is done. I think to the detriment of horror films is, is in grounding them in reality. But I think that the most terrifying things are things that are not fully grounded in reality. Oh yeah. You know? And that, and so yeah. for, go oh, ahead. I was kind of, I wanted to bring up like Tim Burton, like he's someone like when he would do like his earlier movies, when he was working with actual sets and they looked kind of like a fairy tale, like uh, Edward Scissorhands or Ed Wood, where for they sure. feel like they take yeah. place in like a hyper reality. Mm-hmm. 
But then his later movies, when he started using computer effects, and not to shit on computer effects, but they just looked... You can shit on computer effects. They just didn't look... Yeah, definitely can. Even though they were probably more fantasy than his earlier movies, they didn't look that way. That... That might be like a really good point because the 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 newer films in the two thousands and two two tens that he's been better at like I like Big Fish and uh, Big Eyes. That's funny; they're both big. Um, <laughs> both both of those films, like with Big Fish, he had a lot of practical sets to use, and that's probably why it had such a fresh look. And then Big Eyes, since it was a story based in reality, kind of like Ed Wood, he didn't have to rely on bogus CGI and actually had to tell like a good story and direct it well. So. Yeah, those- those yeah, are all, those, those are, are on, like points. the good end of the spectrum. You can go over to the other end where you see his Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and we don't need to talk. Well, about I was that. mostly thinking is, of Ed okay, Wood. Listen, that's when a delightful piece of the, the movie, though. Not grounding something in reality, and Ed Wood kind of has that feel where, like, it's not reality in that movie, and it, that has Martin Landau playing Bela Lugosi, who was famous for playing Dracula nine years after this movie came out. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's wild, uh, but yeah, it's, we should actually start summarizing the the movie a little bit. It does start with where it's like a entry from a book, not quite clear exactly on very the very Lovecraft, it's a really cool mood, very Lovecraft. Yeah. yeah, this is this is a lot of cool things with this film. I didn't expect that I was going to see too, but uh, and we can get to it pretty quickly because they they started off with uh, we're introduced to Thomas and Ellen, who are like the two main protagonists. Uh, you know, a, a married couple. Uh, I, I do like, once again, Thomas and the actor playing him, Gustav uh, Vangheim, uh, very overacting, mm. and it's very fun to watch. It's, it's super fun uh, to watch. If you ever see him wake up in this film, he's for sure going to do those things where he puts his arms up in there and shakes it out a little bit. That's fun. That's just someone uh, living life. Splashes some uh, piss yes. from his chamber pot on his face. <laughs> just a little piss. Uh, we'll get yeah, he was really on. getting into that shit, man. He was scrubbing <laughs> up. <laughs> he was detoxing with his piss. Uh, but yeah, they they open it right away where we get to see like the city of uh, Visburg, uh, and it kind of gives a good setting and feel for the film. But like, we're also introduced to Harrenhoek, uh who looks very Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh, I, I wrote down um, he looks exactly like Gargamel. Yeah, that's a good. Oh, that's one. a good one too. Man. But he's definitely. Yeah, he was one of the more memorable characters because but he yeah. was like they made him so ugly. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's that thing where later on, it's I mean once again, who we don't have to worry about spoils for this too much. <laughs> he becomes like a thrall of Dracula. Uh... Like pretty much the majority yeah. of the main yeah. characters, with a few exceptions, have an uh, from Dracula have an analog in this movie. Like Knock is Renfield. Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah, he's he's for sure a thrall in this, which is always a fun kind of part. Yeah, of the Thomas thing. and L there, uh, uh, John and Mina Harker. Yeah, Hutter Harker. Yeah, they're they're all pretty close. Uh, the thing I wanted to get to those is they're introducing like this uh, these characters. Uh, Knock lets uh, Hutter know that. <laughs> yeah, that looks like it was written by Charlie Kelly. <laughs> yeah, this is the very cool thing I want to talk about. I wasn't expecting this movie. Those had a bunch of seals on them from the King of Solomon, which is like a book of demons. It's, oh. it's yeah, it's it's uh, the uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but all two of your listeners are going to have to correct me. Um, uh, four. It, it's uh, four, the Goetia or the Goja uh, is got yeah, yeah Ar- Arskiosha. Arskiosha, yeah. yeah. Somebody uh, that I so, yeah. to know. <laughs> no, stop it, please stop. I uh, I I I use that as a reference book for when I'm de- designing my own seals for the Terra deck. 
So, yeah, a lot of those were sealed. There's also the language of daggers that was on there. Uh, but the rest of it was actually just wingdings. <laughs> so... <laughs> And he actually did type in 9-11. Yeah, know, and, and it's the two towers, towers. yeah. I, I remember <laughs> believing that shit as a kid and being like, how did they know? <laughs> Those fuckers, oh my god. Yeah, I, I, I remember watching Loose Change. Also, yes. that documentary yeah. that said that like there was never a law passed saying you have to pay federal income tax. Yeah, or oh, because yeah. some this... shit about like if you they're standing in front of the wrong kind of flag... Uh, like the flag with the gold trim is not an American flag, so you can you no convictions under that law under that flag are actually real, dude. I fucking love getting into this QAnon shit. Now. I'm, <laughs> I'm so uh, deep. My favorite that. thing about it is is it's like if you took toddler logic and try to make adults follow it, of like a kid just being like the floor is lava, but then you push him down. It's like, well, actually, this color carpet's not lava. Yeah, like that's that that's that Some kind of thing. Someone change the rules every time that the game doesn't go their way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. it's I I like and just the fucking audacity of some of these fuckers that are like they they fully believe that I mean that that Donald Trump and Biden have switched places and I know we need to get back to this fucking movie but I, <laughs> we got to talk so, about this it's so it's funny. so fucking crazy we and they're like face off they're so invested and it's just. Oh my god! Well, the thing that bothers me about the Q uh, thing is that it's it started out with like the whole there's a worldwide pedophile ring, right? Which is like, yeah, and there, no, that's and a it's real crazy thing. Crazy because there totally is one, and Donald right. Trump is totally involved in it. He was friends with with Je- with Jeffrey yeah. Epstein. Oh, but yeah, and this is uh, I, I do want to say this too, and it's why I get so enraged with QAnon is that. They take these real things like this that are horrible and human trafficking is a real issue, but then they put it into this magical fantasy land that's not even close or adjacent. It, it's, and then they take away from the, it, from actually doing like changes on it. Their whole interpretation of reality, they, they were genuinely fucking expecting Inauguration Day, the most boring fucking day in America. They were expecting it to be like a goddamn Michael Bay, Jerry Bruckheimer movie. They were expecting like suddenly like Trump comes out of the ashes and he's got two M16s and he's got a fucking bandana around his forehead. Like that. Who's hungry? Not... I'm late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serving late. Yeah. The green slide. It, it's and they they really truly fucking believed it. Like that's what I I yeah. I just. Well, I hear now how, some how of them can think possibly... that uh, Trump's going to be president again on March 6th. I don't know what that date means, but... Oh, no, no. I'm pretty sure it was March 4th. Oh, okay. Well, sometime in March. Oh, it's my brother's birthday. Maybe my brother makes a birthday wish. I'm just... Hey, listen. If you just keep telling people, like, hey, we're going to get it right next time. Like, eventually, you're not going to be right, but you'll still have people <laughs> hanging on your every word. Yeah, I, I just... Oh, yeah, absolutely. I wonder... Because we all know... That it's it's goes back to what is it Robert Watkins and the guy that runs Eight Kun, the dude in like what the Singapore or something like that that operates the original website where all the Q drops are coming from. So we're like we know who Q is, I but know that. that's what that's interesting. Yeah, it, it's a whole thing. There's like Q clearance and um, there's a whole podcast where like they get into like how they know who it is and like they they can trace it all back. But like the monetization of it. 
is so curious because the only way that it's monetized is like through like these exclusively through selling ads on Aitkun, which is like that's a site that also hosts child pornography. So it's, it's you, you're going to have such a hard time finding any American company that's going to be advertising on it. So, like, it, a lot of cults are based around, like, this hyper-monetization of every single aspect of your life, like Scientology. And so when you look at QAnon, it's just, like, there's a lot of, there's It's not one core grifter. It's a shitload of grifters and then a shitload of sheep that are all falling that into Self-hatred oh. sort of thing comes from, like, where the person who's will is worried their partner's going to cheat on them is the person who's doing the cheating. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or helping a child pornography website spread its word when you're against sex slavery. So, and speaking uh, speaking of child pornography, um, have you guys uh, <laughs> fucking... Did you hear that Kellyanne Conway tweeted nudes of her own 16-year-old? I didn't read the article, but I saw that headline. <laughs> yeah. And I, 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 have, I have seen the videos of her, like, her that her daughter posted of her just, like, screaming at her. And then at one point hitting yeah, her. it's so it's, fucking it's very scary. disturbing. Very upsetting. Yeah. Yeah, sh- she's a trash human being, so I, I'm almost starting to doubt that this was, like, a uh, a hacker or some sort of uh, political gain, like, posting going on. I think it really was just uh, Conway being the horrible trash human she and, is. And if it was Claudia who did that... All right, one, that is a bold fucking move to post your own yeah, that's a baller, your really. own child pornography on your mother's Twitter. That's also ruthlessly cunning. And I, fuck, man. I mean, I feel so bad for this kid. And I, I yeah, really, she, real really, she really hope that. I, I know she's a, an avid listener. Um, <laughs> yeah, she it's she's one of our... One followers. of your two listeners is we have a big Claudia Conway. And then, base. Like they, and, and, like Baron, and Baron Trump. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Well, Baron Trump is for sure a socialist. Uh, I don't, I don't want to put him on the the, the right, uh, you know, kind of. Yeah, that's why they call we him came the right here to talk about fake monsters, but we're talking about real monsters. <laughs> yeah, uh, real monsters. Okay. We'll oh yeah, I don't. Okay, so one thing. Count Orlock, who's the vampire in this movie, wants to buy a house in Visburg. Now, for what reason? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, but I don't understand. How is it the best way to for him to buy a house? is for the real estate agent to go to him. Well, I mean, I, the thing that Visberg's most known for in all of the German countryside is the best collection of necks. They they all talk about how great and beautiful their necks are, how clean they keep their necks, uh, just real A-plus necks in that whole, I mean, t- that whole town. Yeah, America. protect your neck. That's what, meanwhile, that's, that's what that song's about. Meanwhile, behind their ears are filthy. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. They put so much time. It's that whole thing of like if you don't peel away and look at the bigger picture, you know, it all goes to shit. Uh it, yeah, it's they don't ever establish that, but you know, it's it's a movie from 1922, so it's Well, it's I good wonder if maybe that was a thing because that's out. also how why uh Thomas Harker from the Dracula novel went to Transylvania to to sell him a house. Yeah, because he was specifically buying uh he's buying a land or a house in London. Yeah, they they made this German because the whole like they changed the names to avoid being sued is suspect at best because they still opened the movie with from Dracula by Bram Stoker, so I think they more did Maybe it they to didn't... relate to the German audience. 
maybe maybe they didn't know how to avoid getting sued like all the way. Maybe they just had like a very vague idea of it. It's yeah. What if their their gambit was like, hey, we think Dracula's cool, so we're kind of doing our own thing, but like also it's kind of similar. I like, mean, hey, don't worry, Bram Stoker. We're using your work. We're just not using your characters. It's fine. Yeah, it's yeah. like when Twitter accounts steal your artwork and then just say credit to the artist. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool, thanks. thanks. Also, uh, who is the artist? This movie is just a subtweet. Yeah, it's also exactly. movies were like, what, eight years old at this point? Right, that's what I, I, I really thought was so interesting about it, was just like, you could really tell a lot of the um, impact of the First World War. Yeah. From just the way that they, I mean, for yeah, one, true, like yeah. the way that everything was shot, you know? Um so the and, movie you know, does course, take place in, eight, in the like, 1830s, so. Right, definitely some Dracula yeah. shit. But yeah. um, I have a I have a portrait of Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane above my computer, and it's 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 like over a hundred years old, and it's really warped. But it's like a moonlit Christ, and he's you know he's it's the day before he's crucified, and it's the the point in the Bible where he's asking God like, "Yo, do I really have to do this?" And <laughs> but it's painted just like the uh or the old. Castlevania box art. Ooh, oh, yeah. fuck. You know, so it's really, really dreamy, really like wispy, everything. And it's moonlit. And there's some trees that I swear to every time I look at them, it looks like Dracula's castle. So I, I carry a little bit of that Castlevania energy with me. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Nice. yeah. I mean, yeah, those were my big things. Like, I was uh, obsessed with the Castlevania games when I was younger. And then also, like, Helsing was my favorite thing in the world when the, I was in high uh, the so This movie. Movie? So. The, uh, no, the. Oh, the okay. Anime. I forgot on, there was an anime. I didn't think I would be on that level. <laughs> yeah, well, that, I didn't think it would be that, but that was the, just the first thing that popped in my mind was the Hugh Jackman movie. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I've gone back and watched it. Helsing still slaps because it's just so over the top. Like it's just completely gore in your face, twenty four seven. The story makes little to no sense. And, like, everyone has a giant gun and shoots each other with it until they explode and then reform because they're all, like, regenerative demons or vampires. Oh, gorgeous, it, gorgeous it, guns. Great, great show. Oh, so good. It's, it's so that. clear that none of us give a shit about this movie. Like, we're we so not invested in that. <laughs> it's movie. also no, just I, I that, like, not, just... not much happens to it. And, Nothing like, fucking you, happens. Yeah. And you kind of, like, yeah. everybody kind of yeah. knows the story because this movie's almost 100 years old. It's not over 99 years right. old at this point. I was, and then also it like it, it inspires so many things that are kind of like offshoots of this. It's hard not to go on like a million tangents on this one, right? I, I guess I was just surprised at like how. Okay, so right after I watched it, uh, the suggested videos on YouTube were uh, like Nosferatu, all the scary scenes compilation, and it, it's <laughs> and it's like eight or nine minutes. Yeah, that's not right. You know. And so what I, that's what I really appreciated about this movie was like the, the think about like the impact that Heath Ledger had as the Joker on the dark Knight, where like absolutely incredible character, uh, who just so overwhelms the scene. And then you kind of compare it to, um, Nosferatu where there's, there's kind of a similar thing. And, uh, I guess I really liked that it was, there was like no emotional connection with Nosferatu. Like, have you have you guys seen what we do in the shadows? Yes. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, so, yeah, fantastic. 
Yeah. And so, like, you have all these other vampires, all these other creatures that are, like, they're human, they're more fully developed, and then you have, like, I think that it's kind of cowardly to have uh, a an evil character who's, like, evil, he's spectral, he drinks blood, he is made from fucking hell's demons, and but he's also, like, super chill, and, and you can talk to him, and, like, he gives you, like, a cool mob log. It's so it's so yeah. much more challenging as a writer and as like a as a creator to uh, create something that is more elemental in nature rather than just being like a, a, a person and then we're going to throw all this evil onto him. And I, I have you guys seen the movie Creep? Oh yeah, I love oh, Creep. It's, that's a surprisingly good. Such uh, a bad movie. It's, it's dog shit. It's so bad. But. <laughs> The reason that it's... I I hate it so much. But the reason that I hate it is that you have this character who's, like, completely personable, introspective, thinks his thoughts, has really feelings, understands that what he's doing is wrong, and is still, like, this rampaging killer who has killed tons of people off of one website in one small part of the country, and he has never been caught, and nobody has ever put the, the, the things together. Like, nobody said, hey, I'm going to this address if something happens. This is where I am. Yeah. That that is definitely stupid with the plot. I just I love that last scene and how it's filmed so much for it. Right. Uh, just because of how it ends. Right, right. But yeah, I, I can also see the critiques for that film pretty easily too, but I I think it's it's worth it's worth a watch if you're killing some time. Um but with this to like get back to it where we actually get to Transylvania, and I love that one of the title cards refers to it as the land of thieves and ghosts. And like, once again, super metal. Thieves and phantoms. Which right. I love yeah. when thieves he first, phantoms. when uh, John or Thomas first tells his wife that he's going, I'm going to the land of thieves and phantoms. And he looks so excited. Like, that doesn't sound like a good place to go. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't. Especially if this is the 1800s. Like, okay, yeah, you're, you're going to sell a house to this guy are. who lives in a castle and make a lot of money. But you still got to travel for five days. Because I love, like, when he, when, right. he's, his, yeah. when Nock tells him that he has to go to Transylvania, he's, like, looking at a map. Because back then, traveling was so difficult. Like, even in 1922, right. it was difficult. Yeah. And this takes place in, like, 1938. Hmm. 1838. I was looking at that. I was looking at that, and I was just so fucking... I can't imagine using solid wood wheels on fucking, like, up mountains and shit. Like, your ass must have been raw after riding on, like, no shocks, no struts, just, like, just bouncing around up that fucking mountain. It just looked like such a miserable experience. I mean, with our our generation's obsession with asses and big old booties, it's almost like just sticking it in the face of our forefathers that had to let them crumble before all of our woodwork and machines. That's why all the women back then looked mannish, because you wanted someone who was sturdy and who could survive all that shit. I mean, I still want that, you know. I want a, I want a good sturdy girl. I mean, I, I so you know when they can survive I this apocalypse. I believe I've been on record that I want a to be killed by a roller derby girl, but <laughs> yeah, as we all do, we're, all, we're all Monty Python fans. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> fingers crossed. But yeah, to, to get back to like uh, our plot point in the movie is that he he's arrived, and it's the usual thing of all the town folks are like, oh, "Don't go there, dude. It's creepy." And it's like, "Don't worry, I'm in real estate." Don't forget, uh, he also he had to leave his wife with a guy who owns a boat. Yeah, that was his only like <laughs> I mean, claim to fame. It's like he's just a guy who owns a boat. And he leaves him with him and his wife. And that was his sister. In the 1800s, owning a boat what was, was like sub king, basically. It's like how that. oh. 
It's like in uh, in high school where it's like you have friends. There's like, oh yeah, that's my friend who has a pool. <laughs> it's like yeah, everybody it's has some. Energy. It's like if if any of us have a friend who has a VR, we're like, yeah, that's Martin Felschman. He's got a VR. Right. Like that's that's <laughs> what, the yeah. only reason that we're friends. With Martin. What it made me think of was like it's an actual story, but I first heard about it through an episode of Drunk History, where like Benjamin Franklin, one of his friends. Asked him, like, hey, I have to go out of town, which means I'm going to be gone for, like, five months. Look after my wife. And then Ben Franklin was a fucking pervert. So he's pretty much immediately like, hey, can I fuck you? <laughs> yeah. Can I please hey, fuck you? let me you? fuck you. Now you're not <laughs> letting like me fuck that, you. Exactly. What's the deal? It's a good episode of yeah. Drunk History. It's one ben, of the early ones. Oh, Ben. That does sound like Ben Franklin. Yeah. It does. Oh, and when you get uh, yeah. to that place, they also tell him that there's a werewolf around? And that's never mentioned. Yeah, we get no And you see a fucking striped hyena yeah. just chilling around. I Yeah, what is I up with that? I love the fucking nature shots of this movie. Like, this, edited down to like three or four minutes, this could have been the first nature documentary. I'm assuming it was probably a hyena, because that was probably something from a zoo or something. That's probably how they... Oh, it was probably yeah, a tame. Oh, what if the they, tamest they animal that looked looked closest to a wolf that they could get access to? <laughs> I, I'm gonna go with this. They were filming this film, and like literally, a hyena came riding out of nowhere. Like, shit, get this on film right now, dude. What is uh, going uh, on? Uh, it's it's a it's a werewolf. Yeah, no, it's a total. Yeah, that's that's what. The, yeah. There were a few shots yeah. like in the Carpathian of like the Carpathian Mountains. When I was thinking, like, man. I wonder how they got permits to do this. Then I was like, wait, it's 1922. <laughs> if you can get your, yeah, camp, your equipment there, you can film whatever the hell you want. I, yeah, you could just film a horse giving birth and put it on screen. People would oh, be yeah. fine. This, this be, is an, an extremely... Just like the train. This is an extremely deep cut. But yeah, the, the first, from like minute 10 to minute... 30, every scene of the Carpathians just looks like every Nazi black metal album cover. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's always yeah. just pictures of like, it's 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 so heavily implied. It's like, these are the mountains where things are pure and white. You know, it's, it's, uh, Ugh. Yeah. yeah. I, I also see, yeah, I, I listen to a lot of black metal, but I, I can always, it's like, hey, I, I know that exact kind of uniform just from the silhouette, and I know what kind of music I'm about to be getting into. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Yikes. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, my, this is one of my favorite. There's a lot of moments in this movie where I laughed out loud, but definitely he, he arrives at Count Orlock's castle, and they have a lovely little dinner together. Um, at one point he cuts his finger and then he's like, dude, let me suck that thumb. Dude, let me oh, suck yeah. that. The precious yeah. blood. He does not know how to cut. He does not know how to cut bread. Yeah. He like <laughs> held the bread up to his chest and then cut with a knife towards him. Yeah, he cut it. That's a the working man's that. way of cutting the bread. Yeah. But, uh, the thing that made me laugh really hard was not that scene, but he, he wakes up in the morning after being like, oh, what happened last night? And then he's writing to his, oh, his God. love. And that fucking like, letter? I had two... M- yeah, I had two mosquito bites on my neck. Such strange bugs out here. Yeah. They spent so much money on that calligrapher that they had to use those pictures of the letters like four times throughout the entire movie. There's like, it keeps cutting back. It's like, I happen. And so I just was so surprised after hearing so much about Nosferatu that it's like the most indelicate, not, uh, not nuanced take of vampires at all it's like it's it's there's no level of like suggestion it's always like i happen to be bit by two mosquitoes on the neck 
very close together while I was asleep. And it's like, yeah, you could just show that with two dots on the neck and not ever refer to it. You know, it's... Yeah, yeah. even for 1922, they should have been old. Yeah, go on, give us something to find. But let us do some thinking. <laughs> um, also, the second part I laughed at, definitely the hardest in this film, was uh, he's also hanging out with Count Orlock, getting all the paperwork signed, and he drops a picture of his la- his his wife, and literally the next, like, uh card they show is what a lovely neck your wife has. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, a little on the nose okay film brand new technology it's only, it's only like a decade old at the most but still like you'd think even count count or like you would want not want thomas to know that like oh i want to eat your wife <laughs> i mean hey buddy don't oh. we all uh, can we go back yeah. just a few minutes real quick because there was I, I wrote one note down for something that made me laugh out loud uh, when he wakes up at the inn that he stayed at overnight he reads the vampire book again because he like he got scared reading it at night or something he reads it the next morning and he's like haha this isn't scary and then he fucking spikes the book yeah yeah dude, so funny. he was so into not being into that book and I fucking I was <laughs> fully yeah he spiked it so hard it bounced how did the, how did that book shot. How did that book get back to Ellen? Did she start reading it before uh, he finally returned to... I don't think so. Uh, I think he had I come back. He starts reading it after he gets back. Yeah, yeah I think he'd been back. somehow, I don't know how he beats Orlock back home. Because Orlock leaves right. like a, a good yeah, that, several days up. before he does. Also, I mean, holy like shit! Pretty fast the, the the funniest scenes in the movie that like were, I, they had to have been funny even back then was just Orlock just scrambling around carrying a fucking yeah, coffin of dirt, so hard that. <laughs> which, which never comes into play. It's like they they have this whole thing about like he sleeps in the dirt, which is the devil's dirt from where the Black Death lay, which is like okay, so he cannot be possibly that old if he's getting dirt from the Black Death. Also, the Black Death was all over Europe, and then he's just like huffing and puffing, carrying that thing around like he's Wario. Like what the fuck? <laughs> he couldn't have been that old, but I, I looked it up. The Black Death—that's the plague, right? The Black Plague. That was like right, that was right. like that's yeah. Was that thirteen forty nine? Yeah, so that was well, like thirteen forty nine, several right hundred there. years. Right. Yeah. But I mean, definitely uh, some more metal imagery and language. I love that they referred to it as goddamn soil. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Not like not like they're cursing, but as if God had damned that soil. Specifically. Like, God damn that soil. Yes. When yeah. that dirt dies, it goes uh, right to hell. Yeah, which is pretty pretty awesome, man. If, if you've never been to dirt hell, boy, howdy, don't go. That's a rough oh, place. Yeah. Oh, we haven't, we haven't hell, covered the uh, whole, like, Orlock's passage on that schooner. Oh yeah! Oh god, that's so that's, metal. I that's the most could metal be, thing about this With the exception film, of sure. maybe the ending, that's probably the best part of the movie. Because you really feel for the captain and his first mate. Yeah, they build up to it really well, and I like that they do a lot of like uh, a passage of time of like their crews slowly dying off, and I love that they have this imagery and description of like a plague following wherever uh, Nosferatu goes. Oh yeah. Uh, and it kind of starts with the whole ship, and then like <laughs> they have the shot where like they're cutting up the coffin, and a bunch of rats come out. And, uh, yeah, I, I like that they have the first mate, like, go down with an axe, like, hey, if I don't come back, I'm probably dead. <laughs> and 
he comes, he goes down, he gets all spooked out by Count Orlock, and then goes running off and jumps off the ship. And then definitely the most, I'd say, like, hardcore part of this movie is the captain's like, well, I'm probably going to die here. So then he takes a rope and ties himself to the stern so he can just keep piloting the ship as he gets ready to face his death against this You uh, see, when he first did that, I thought he was pilot. going to jump in the water to get his first mate. I did too. Yeah, same here, 100%. But yeah, me too. There's also, I think most of the special effects were in this the boat the schooner part because there's one where they use like a very rudimentary stop motion to make the uh the trap door to the lower deck open up on its own and there's another where one of the dying crewmen is looking at the coffins filled with dirt and there's like a double exposure of count orlock sitting on top of one of them which looks Mm. crap now obviously but i bet back then that was super impressive oh yeah Oh, yeah, you would have shit your pants back in the day, man. Let me tell you. If you thought the train coming at you was scary, that was like a heart attack. <laughs> like those little girls who took those photos uh, of fairies, but it all turned out to be double exposures and paper. Yeah. Yeah, that's a... And then, uh, I, sorry, I, I watched some of the reviews, or like some of the analysis of the movie, and I every time somebody picks some crazy old movie... And they're like, this is still the scariest movie ever made. I'm like, no, it fucking isn't. It's not even... Absolutely not. You can be incredibly influential without being the very best example. Like, the early, like, take it back to black metal. Like, Venom, incredibly influential, literally started black metal. Absolutely not near the best black metal ever made. You know what I mean? Like, I don't... Like, Black Sabbath... Yeah, they're good. Extremely influential. Like, founded an entire multi-branching genre of, of heavy music. Not the best. Oh. You know, it's <laughs> I don't know. kind of fucking boring. But I agree yeah. with most of that. And I do think, like, well, okay, yeah. Yeah. this movie was not scary in any way or shape or form, but Max Shrek looks really scary as Count Orlock. Right. I think we can all agree on that. For sure. Yeah, they... That was a home run for them back in back in the day for Kevin. Oh, 100%. Like, absolutely. Yeah. And didn't it, like, kill him or something like that? Or, like, did... No. Was it this one of those roles that, like, it just he, he, broke the no, guy? No, he lived for, like, 15 more years. <laughs> he died in 1936, I think. That was a good year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really good year for the world, yeah. really. I don't want to get into Germany it, was controlled yeah, by the Nazis. very strong feelings about that year. Yeah. The sky was the limit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of cool death, uh, cool deaths from the people that worked on this film, like F.W. Uh, Monaro, or how you pronounce it, Mornow, I want to say, for his last name. Uh, he was the director of this, uh, also uh, openly gay at the time, that. which is pretty, you know, oh, wow. brave and crazy to do. Though it, that is pre-Nazi Germany, where, like, where, like, Berlin was, like, the queer capital of the world before the Nazis came. Yeah. Right, and also more are more socialists and progressive with its beliefs before that happened. Uh, but the reason I'm mentioning him, though, is he died a, a very metal death, too, because he was out filming for, uh, I forgot the name of the exact uh, taboo. film. Uh, taboo. That's the one. Okay, you're reading the same thing. But basically, he got into a car crash while he was there filming it, so R.I.P. to a real one, man. I haven't... That's fucked up. I've been wanting to bring it I'm up. Here for it. You guys yeah. seen Shadow of the Vampire? No, but that's got William Defoe. Yeah, in it, right? it's good. Yeah, William Defoe plays Count Warlock slash Max Shrek. Basically, like, there's apparently like a rumor, but I think it was more of like a 
fun, not nudge, nudge, wink, wink sort of thing. Like, oh, Max Shrek, we don't know anything about him. He's probably an actual vampire. <laughs> mm. So Yeah, it, it kind of takes me back to, like, that early stuff of, like, how, uh, what was it, Faces of Death, or no, Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. Like, nearly got banned because people thought it was fucking real. Yeah, I remember I... <laughs> Until they actually saw the movie and, like, oh, to be fair, shit. enough gross shit in that movie is real. Like, the killing the oh, turtle. Yeah, they kill some of those animals. What not. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, that, there's, there's definitely some fucked up stuff in that movie, but... But yeah, I had a friend, like, the first time I watched that movie, a friend of mine was into it. And he was like, oh, this is real. And he showed it to me. And, like, I knew enough about filmmaking. He was like, this is not real. There's no, there's a crane shot right there. There's no way these people were actually murdered. Right, right. Yeah. Though, if you do get murdered while a crane's above you filming it, that's kind of on you at that point. Like, I don't want to point fingers, but... No, nah, the crane's why you there... thought you weren't going to get murdered. That's a good there's point. There's a lot of there's, there's a fucking slew of murdered crane operators in this country, and their families are gonna sue it's you. It's the most dangerous you, job. You're their Alex Jones. Yeah. Hey, you know what that means? We're finally gonna get some listeners. Finally, finally. thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, Shadow of the Vampire. I did. I did like a lot. It's definitely one of those like early two thousands like dark comedy. I wouldn't really call it a comedy. But, uh, like there are humorous the, the, parts, but. More of a thriller, I guess. It's like that border. Yeah, that might be. All right, so here's a question. So, like, from these, from the early, early, early movies, we had the comedies, we had something that we would call horror, I guess, and then drama, maybe tragedies and things like that. Uh, What were the most effective, do you think? Like, because, I mean, there are some comedies that just to the nature of, like, the timelessness of the jokes that still carry over, like the great dictator, duck soup, like all the Chaplin and, and um, Buster Keaton stuff. Yeah. But those were um, all almost like 10 years later. Right. Cause those were talkies, weren't they? It's still, it's uh, close enough. I'd say in the time. Yeah. I think in early, I mean, early film history, I guess, like what, what do you think had the, has the most staying power? You know, because actually you yeah. mentioned, uh, the Great Dictator, but Modern Times by Charlie Chaplin kind of holds up because the the whole opening scene when he's like working in the factory and they come up with that machine that allows workers to stay on the line while they eat lunch, like that's a good gag. Yeah, yeah. It's like depressing too because shit don't change. They're still gonna try and squeeze as much money out of you as they possibly can. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty solid example. I mean. I'd say for Staying Power 2, if we're talking the horror films, it's still, you know, like I was saying, the comparison, I think it's a lot more of a weak aesthetic, but uh, Dracula still just for how much of a, I think that black and white universal monster look, but also for like doing these grand sets and just like perfect character design for how they did the costuming. Like, it, it's really hard not to imagine that when you talk vampires off the bat to this day. And I think it's I mean, people be like for that Dracula too. will forever be. Bella Lugosi's like weird way of talking like that's the character if somebody's wanting to do like a Dracula voice they will do something like this oh yeah right yeah for sure uh, yeah which he stole from the count which I also <laughs> find very upsetting but you know I'm, nonetheless I'm give the dissenting opinion here in terms of like an older older film with staying power uh, I'm gonna say it's that film of the train coming at you because like people are always scared <laughs> of that 
I like I, my favorite's got to be the so so funny to me all the time. Now, did the train come at you? Yeah, or I imagine people... I know the end of the movie it ends with them sh- the guy shooting at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think my favorite one's got to be the uh, the old one with the horse jumping over something, and they just played that over and over and over, <laughs> and all the Nickelodeons for the rest of time. Yeah. yeah. And people make fun of that all the time, but imagine like having nothing like film wise or even entertainment wise, and all of a sudden you have that. You would absolutely go apeshit if it was just like a gif of SpongeBob walking on the beach. Like <laughs> I, no it doubt. is something where like like, like I, our brain, like human brains, like keep developing. So like something that looked amazing to people a hundred years ago looks like crap now. Yeah, yeah I mean you, you have to look back at like the earliest animation which would be like the the zoetropes like the little spinning discs with the all the different pictures in it that you put a candle in the middle and you spin it around and and you can see yeah it, it might you know what a zoetrope is oh yeah yeah but that was uh you know it, it, it has to do know, with zoe it's, 101 it's right yeah, hundred yeah, percent. <laughs> Zoe, comma yeah. Deschanel, comma trope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, there no. we go. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna use that for the clip for the show when we put it. Out Zoe trope, yeah. bang. <laughs> Just to punish ourselves. Yeah. Have bangs. Uh, yeah. So I, to I, I'd say to get to like summarizing the film too, because we're pretty much once again, there's not a lot to talk about. Well, yeah, we we have to do the finale. So he gets back. He gets to Visburg. And is eating everybody except for the yeah. woman he came there to eat. And you know what? Props, props to him, man. Make the best of your time while you're there. Why even hold back oh, yeah. at that point? Go nuts, yeah, roll man. time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are we becoming an alright podcast lately? It'll always happen. Uh, yeah, I know roll time's not quite connected to that, but it has that feeling to me for some I, I've been saying that nonstop. Uh, I don't know. What the fuck? But... <laughs> yeah. Real tight, but yeah, at, at this point, this is another weird thing I realized with the film is that like Nock has never really communicated with Count Orlock, but he's become his thrall, so like he's kind of thrown off the trail a little bit. But uh, yeah, she she reads the book and gets to the passage about how the only way he can die is if he drinks like the blood of a virgin. Well, yeah, a fair maiden to sacrifice herself to distract him from the first cock crow is how they 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 word it really strangely yeah. like. Rather than saying sunrise, which is what they mean, they say the first cock crow. Which I know, like, metaphorically, that's what it means, but I'm sure sometimes, like, a rooster's got to wake up early occasionally. Yeah, I think it's going with uh, biblical imagery for that, because it's kind of referring to to Peter, one of the apostles that uh, denied Jesus. And that's usually put into, like, a lot of demonology as well, so I think that's what's... That's what they were going for, possibly. Uh, yeah, it's it's fun growing up in the church because then when you get into the cult when you're an adult, you can see how it all ties. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I've I've been uh, talking with a friend lately who like when I met her, uh, she was like very evangelical, and we still ended up being friends because I think it was almost like she wanted to maybe save me or something like that. And then years later, we ended up catching up, and it's just amazing to for me finally to be like. Yeah, no, you were in a cult, and like <laughs> she's she's finally coming to terms with it. It's it's just such an interesting thing because it's like if you were to tell uh, a Christian, like, no, there's this like this underground group of people that like gather together and they drink 
blood and they eat flesh and they do it on like the equinox and they're like that's the scariest thing i've ever heard and like that's literally catholic mass you know what i mean yeah like that's lame, the, maybe. the catholics observe the equinox like that it's all you fuckers I, yeah it's i was someone who never i was like my parents like they would say they're Christians, but we only went to church when we visited my mother's mom because she didn't want to hear her complain about us not being at church. But I've always been yeah. fascinated by like, <laughs> like Christian imagery and stuff, and like, like. Oh, uh, for sure. I I grew up in a pretty heavy Christian family. Like my parents would go every Sunday and we'd read the books. <laughs> they're actually not too bad for people, which is great. Uh, but like, uh, and you know, like breaking away from it, they weren't like, oh, you need to do this and that. Like they're pretty free thinking. But I, I absorbed a lot of that, and especially with, like, Christian theology and study, like, the book of Revelations and imagery. Oh, yeah, it's so... amazing stuff. Like, I don't even it, think that should be a book of the Bible, because it's, it's more yeah. like a an allegory about how Rome was at the time. Yeah, but my, uh, my bigger point in coming back to this is, like, a lot of Christianity took its place and power in history because they started to adapt what pagan religions were doing. And taking their holidays and beliefs and worship kind of like the equinox. And they just assimilated into their own religion. So that's why it also has kind of like cult-like mentalities yeah. tied to it. Too. Unless you so, believe Kirk Cameron yeah, saving a lot Christ. of deep shit in this one. <laughs> in which those things are not pagan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, They're actually from Christianity. Oh, yeah. Hey, every, yeah. Luke, everything's from Christianity. It's where it's where God came from. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, to uh, to get to the kind of end of the film is that, uh, you know, Hutter's gotten back and they're trying to figure out what to do, but they're both kind of under Orlok's power at this point, and uh, he comes to, uh, I guess, you know, get get his final little snack from this uh, delicious snack that he's been looking forward to so long. Yeah, she invites uh, him reason, in. Hutter runs off to get the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wait, she wait, invites wait. him we're, in. We're going over oh. the entire part where his uh, his his minion is running around the town and throwing rocks at people after after oh, yeah. strangling, strangling a police officer, which they say he's a vampire because he strangled him. Are vampires known for strangling? I mean, well, if you're a Chinese vampire, did you see yes. those fucking fingers? Well, it, it was also he <laughs> no, killed. Yep, I take it back. I'm sorry. He he killed the guard who was like assigned to sweep his room. Yeah. No, no, he gets the note from the guy, from the guard who was assigned to sweep his room. What did the note say? He pulled a note out that said something. He said, look behind you and (laughs) just jumped on him. Oh. I mean, practicing that scene was that. newspaper that was saying, like, the the plague was coming or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, Dracula's here. Uh, Uh, Count Orlock is here. It's great. A fun thing I wanted to touch on is when the the town's kind of chasing Knock when they see that he's gotten loose. There's a they go through the fields and there's a scarecrow in one of the scenes and like the mob yeah. picks up the scarecrow but throws it down. Yeah, they just beat the and picks shit it up. up. They fucking, they, yeah, they hate no, that they scarecrow. Know that scarecrow. They know that scarecrow is another yeah. servant of the vampire, so they have to kill it. That, that absolutely was like a group of people. They got to film this in 1922, <laughs> having a great time, and I love that they cut that on film. It's so good. Yeah. And they turned out to be like ten scarecrows in a person costume. <laughs> ten ten crows in a person <laughs> They're costume. Just, it's real sad. Just off screen, there was a farmer just like, guys, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you, yeah, you this. know this is my field. Like, yeah. I make your food. This is so mean. <laughs> Guess what, bitches? Guess what, bitches? No one's getting corn this year because the crows ate all of it, you fucking idiot. Yeah, God damn it. You guys suck. Yeah, it, 
Yeah, God, I want to see that story now. But to like uh, to basically get to the end of it now, he he drinks her blood as she has decided to make herself a sacrifice as the the light kind of comes up, and that's a fun shot of how they do the lighting in the background for the technology they had at the time. And uh, he kind of does like this weird vanishing into a puff of smoke uh, to know that he is dead. And then they cut back to Nock to be like, oh no, Master's dead. I'm so bummed. Oh boy. This is what created the sunlight kills vampires. Because in Dracula, sunlight just oh, really? weakened vampires. It didn't actually kill them. Oh. Oh. Yeah, that's uh, I I did not know that fact. So yeah, that's, I, I could see once again this this does have like a lot of iconic like imagery and ideas that's put into like the the zeitgeist of vampires now. Uh, but yeah, they uh they they cut to the doctor and Hunter getting there in time to embrace his loved one last time, and then she's like peace, and that's basically the the film. And you know what? Even even in the nineteen twenty uh, nineteen twenty two, we're still frigid female characters, guys. <laughs> Crazy to think. Women in the uh, refrigerators. Yeah, that's, that's the whole... That's, oh, that's what you just said, isn't it? That, that, that's the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is before yeah. refrigerators, so it's women in an icebox. I, I just did... Yeah, once again... Said they, it's just really so just women in a cellar. quite get it at first. Yeah. Yeah, it's going with the more <laughs> colloquial term, I guess. Uh, uh, but yeah, I'd say this is a good point to get to the review of this film and give it a rating. Um, I want to go with five out of five uh, big Dracula medallions, because that's my favorite thing about Dracula, is he has that big medallion that I assume he won at, like, the Monster Olympics, and he's just proud to show off. Um, and you know what? I'm actually, I'm going to go pretty high for this, and I'm, I'm just doing this as a general, like, watching it against other movies we've watched for the, the podcast. I'm going to give it three out of five uh, Dracula medallions, because for what it is, being a silent film from 1922... Uh, it kept my attention the whole time. I wasn't, like, looking down at my phone. It was fun to have it, like, with that whole orchestrated track of the mm-hmm. organs and uh, a lot of fun imagery. It, it definitely was boring at parts, but, like, you could see all the influence it had, and I didn't feel upset that it, like, it had wasted my time. So, yeah, it's 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 going important out. important to say, like, uh, oh. I guess I watched probably the same version as you, Brandon, you, Martin. Did you both watch that link that Brandon sent? Was that the version you yeah. watched? So, like... Depending on which link you watch, it's going to be a different soundtrack. Oh. Yeah, and that's kind of fun, though. That's what I like about the movie and silent film sometimes is that uh, it really depends on how you want to orchestrate it when it comes uh, time to watch it. Yeah, I mean, uh, are you, were, were you done with your review? Or Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, so uh, three out of five Dracula medallions. It did pretty good. That's like the bronze of the Monster <laughs> I, Olympics. I will Dracula. give it a, a <laughs> 10 out of 10. This movie was was great. Oh, I was very Whoa. entertained by it. It's uh, like part of that, I guess, is like my I, I like history and historical things. So like, even though there were parts that I thought were very boring, I know this was a movie made in 1922, so I can forgive that. But like the parts that I did like, I really liked. Max Shrek looked terrifying where I still think like even though I've never seen the Bela Lugosi Dracula but I still think that Max Shrek looks far more like a vampire than Bela Lugosi did yeah Uh, yeah I well I didn't actually I didn't actually watch movie watch Boss Baby I'm gonna give that one (laughs) five out of five Boss Babies 
Well, I think we can all agree Boss Baby is definitely one of the most sexy political thrills we've seen in our generation. And I think we need to respect what it's done to not just film, but our society. As Did a you whole. guys... Um, you know, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to say, also Alec uh, Baldwin, uh, he's definitely the, probably the most leftist uh, political figure that I think we can all respect and go with his views. I'm just going to say it. S- Steven Spielberg fucking die in a hole. Movies are, movies are a new top, and it's Boss Baby. <laughs> but have you? Did you guys read that? Uh, there's a tweet thread by a guy that used to work in a movie theater, and he's like, "What people never talked about, Boss Baby, was the amount of adults that went th- to those movies and in diapers and like <laughs> and like it, he he was talking about cleaning out the back of the the, the movie theater, and it was just him cleaning out like full diapers and full condoms." <laughs> Because it was just, it was just like weird, crazy ass, creepy adults that would go to Boss Baby, sit in the back, and just crank their hogs because the <laughs> internet was a fucking mistake. There. Okay, so I thought you were starting this as a joke. I was going. Oh no, this is night. this is a real thing. Oh so my these god! Are yeah, no. going no. to see Boss Baby. Yeah, because. Child pornography is expensive, and so we see Boss Baby instead. Was, it, was there shit in the diapers? Well, yeah, man. Shit in the diapers Adult come in the condoms. Shit. <laughs> yes. And shit in shit the cum and come in the diapers. Come in every condom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got, I got the audio clip where you see the That's the America I dream of. <laughs> Get the audio clip where it's just me saying child pornography is expensive. <laughs> Okay. Hey, you know what, boss? You got it. <laughs> but the most Boss Baby fans would be fans of Thirty Rock because he's basically playing Jack Donaghy as a baby. Yeah. No, adult uh, adult babies is a real thing. It was uh, a huge obsession of something awful. Oh, I, I'm 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 very familiar with infantilization for Truly, purposes. Everything yeah. everything goes back to fucking something awful. Did you guys? Are you guys familiar with Grover House? No, no. Oh, do I want to? It's if you look up Grover House Twitter thread, there was a a, a something awful user named Grover who designed. I'm going to bring it up right now. I'm familiar with Final Fantasy. Grover House. Oh, right. I know Grover okay, House. Okay, so okay, yeah. Short Kings, da da da, whatever. So, um, Grover House. It's this random dude who just. He knew enough about building to, like, put shit together to a certain degree. Um, like, build a house, sort of. Uh, designed his own house on MS Paint and then just started building. And it's a fucking baffling nightmare structure. It's so fucking interesting. Uh, it, like, it's the House of Leafs. Of it truly family. is. I, I wanted to make the reference. I don't know if anybody else had read the book, but um, the yeah, Threader app here. I can drop this in the chat. But it's if you look at it, uh, he built the house. It's got this shitty plastic siding. Every single window is different, which you would think like on like a really cool Art Deco house might be kind of like an interesting idea. But it's just because he just like bought the cheapest windows and put them where he knew that he could figure out how to place them. And so like, there's just a row of windows and there's four of them that are different types of windows. So there's like a long single pane one. And then there's like a bunch of glass blocks. And then there's an arching window in no particular order. 
and then immediately upon building his house, he had put a grill in the back and left it running too long and it melted the side of his house. As you're so saying that, I'm reading the... <laughs> that exact part on the, uh, right. the Know Your Meme he page. Had, has a two, he has a two-tiered garage for some reason, and the door is completely off to the side, and there's no reason for there to be like a garage coming out of a garage. Um, <laughs> he has exposed installation, installation or yeah, insulation under the stairs. Um, there's just a heating vent that's stuck in the wall, so it's the first thing that you look dead at as you're walking up the stairs. It's to I, be it, fair, it, this, this is a this fucking, is clearly like a terribly built addition to a house, but it's not like the guy's not an asshole for not knowing how to build an addition. Yeah, no, but yeah, this is just... but it, it definitely this, exists. This is, I mean, this looks like a house from a nightmare I can't remember. Like, it's yeah. just... <laughs> yeah. You look at it, and you don't... And it, like, it's upsetting, but you don't immediately know why. Right, 100%. Yeah. Like, oh, man. You, you don't understand, like, all of the things that you've taken for granted. And so now you just look at it, and you're like, why the fuck is this... And, it's, and then he shows you, like, the completed house... And it's just so dirty. Like it's just such it's a fucking super mess. Dirt floor. My favorite, yeah. my favorite something awful story. I I read this back when I was working at the office. Was uh, this guy who is like clearly uh, having some sort of like mental breakdown, extremely depressed, and he said, "Hey guys, I just need to clear my head for a while. I need a project. I was going to walk across the United States," and they're like, "Okay." That that's a huge fucking thing. Like people will just walk the Appalachian Trail and they plan for it for years of their life and they have like special equipment. He was like, Well, I got these sneakers and I have a backpack full of granola bars and I have like a little plastic pull cart, so I'm good. And then it's just like eighty pages of him off and on posting updates from his phone on something awful. And he had for days and days and days says like, no, I'll be fine. Guys, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Guys, I'll be fine. You're being ridiculous. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And everyone's like, no, like I walked for like this. Yeah. I walked the Appalachian trail. I went through two pairs of boots. Like I walked the soles off of my Rothko combat boots. Like I walked a lot and he ignored them all. And then he walked out of his neighborhood into a state park, got lost, got sick from eating berries, drank too much water, <laughs> shat himself delirious, and then was found by a park warden, and then said, all right, guys, I guess I do need supplies. Started like a GoFundMe. Got a bunch of money from that, moved to Florida, and started painting houses. <laughs> and that's oh that over 80 pages of just... Him just being like this belligerent asshole being like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. I know what I'm doing. And then just crashing and catastrophically burning in the most beautiful, fantastic way. It's, I goddamn love it. I, I want to give that guy a fucking crown because that king deserves it. Oh, I fucking yeah. adore it, man. I, I, uh, I, oh man, there's so many good something awful things I want to talk about now, but I'll, I'll stop. I'll save it for next time because like I was a part of the Zyborn Clock thing like when they were doing all the fan art making fun of that game. Uh, and Johnny Five Aces, our king that we yeah. all. What was it? Z- the the clock. Zyborn clock was a uh, Final Fantasy knockoff that somebody had started to make and post on the forums, and it was just complete dog shit and the worst writing and story. 
But instead, what people started to do is treat it like it was a real game that had been made and like making fan art and stories about it. <laughs> like it was uh, a real canonical thing that had happened. It, it's a beautiful thing to read up. I, I really fucking... It's like, uh, do you guys watch... Frederick Knudsen has a YouTube channel Ooh, called yeah. Down the Rabbit Hole. Love Down the Rabbit and, Hole. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I, he that's where I learned about super Final Fantasy House. Into like, like, I mean, it's almost like Temple OS. He did an episode you know, on Temple OS. Uh, where like somebody yeah. who is profoundly mentally ill creates... Time Cube? It's it's like... It, it's all, it, it kind of co- goes back to like the infinite number of monkeys at infinite number of typewriters with an infinite amount of time. It's like, yes, they'll write... Shakespeare at some point, but you're also ignoring the fact that they're going to create some of the most insane Henry Darger level bullshit that has ever been experienced by mankind. You know what I mean? It's a it's a truly beautiful thing. Yeah, there's a game. There's a game called Game 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 and Again Game, and it's (laughs) it's like scary. I, I think it was an art project, but like it conveys this level of like paranoid schizophrenia. In just like a simple Mario platformer, and like as you win, you unlock like uh, like tiny little videos of the creator's childhood, and it's really fucking weird, man. I don't know if you can play because it, it was I think it was based on Flash, so I don't know if that's that might have just been lost in the the great Flash apocalypse. But I'm hoping like Homestar Runner somehow saved. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, R.E.P. Man to real wine and Flash. True. Miss it. Uh, uh, oh yeah, we should uh, we should oh, get yeah. your review. <laughs> Me? I yeah. I don't know, man. It had some cool imagery. I I think that if you look at it from an artistic standpoint, it's great. It's it's really influential. There's a lot of cool things on it. It is if you are reviewing it from that standpoint, it's great. Um, but if you want to watch a movie, especially if you want to watch a horror movie, don't. It's not. It's yeah. it's 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 too early to be considered a horror movie. Yeah, if anything, it's it's more in line with just the German expressionist films, and that's definitely what it is more than a horror film. It does have some really cool looks to it, and inspired a lot of great things. So I I definitely agree with that. I and then uh, Martin, did no, we get your review? Uh, and you know, I would, I would also give this a solid uh, three uh, vampire medallions out of five. It's like it's a good watch and it did keep my interest. I would recommend like if you want to if you don't want to watch it to like study it from a film perspective, like go on YouTube, throw it on at double speed because honestly wading through uh, all of the text and everything, it's on there for way too long. I I never felt like I read quickly until I had to wait for the text to go away in this movie. I like I like to think that like the guy that was putting that together was just like Nosferatu was on a boat. <laughs> and using magic, he made the boat move. It, it, no, it, it's it's David Attenborough, expl- like slowly reading it to you. This kind of uh, Kabuki style audiobook, or no, it's I guess it would be t- a tantric audiobook, edging, whatever. You get it. We're having fun. I love and if, <laughs> edging for Keanu. If, yes. if I can throw one criticism on there. Uh, Count Orlock, the design for his like vampiric teeth, not crazy about him because it's basically just two pointy little buck teeth out front. I love, I I love what is now the classic vampire look of the uh, enlarged incisors. I think it looks way better. 
I think I don't know. I'm kind of I kind of like it because it does get to a more animalistic, more grotesque look. You know, because I I don't like a, a neat and orderly monster. I like a monster that is just that like is is clearly suffering even to live. You know. Like every part of that dude's life is misery because he is a, a like an abomination from hell, and I kind of like that he looks. He, there's nothing pretty about him. There's nothing redeemable. He is grotesque the entire time, and that's very true to me. I think true to the character. I agree with yeah. that. You fucking moron! <laughs> <laughs> you piece of shit. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to skip the stupid game section because we got into a lot of tangents. And really, the true gift of this episode is getting us into the Something Awful forums. <laughs> I Man, I was active on there from like 2004 to about 2009, and that was some of the best time on the internet. I sure. was too um, thin-skinned to handle Something Awful, but I was huge on uh, what was actually a pretty massive forum, um, the uh, Marilyn Manson USA fan forum. I fucking oh, I was like I, I have I have good friends with a lot of the people from that website still to this day. But Yeah, you know. I I still have friends from something awful and then it's also crazy to see how it spread its kind of roots into even modern internet. Oh, because that's like, where 4chan uh, started and 4chan is like foundational to like literally how we have Trump, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, which completely sucks. Uh on the good side of things though. And you know, what? I'm going to actually go to my recommendations for this. because uh, I've been listening to a lot of the episodes. Your Kickstarter sucks. Great podcast. Um, but uh, with uh, Mike and Jeff, the guys who host that. My Kickstarter um, fucking rules, by the way. I, I don't <laughs> know what, what day that this comes out, but I, I am willing to fucking wager that I have already made my uh, goal price. Uh, my, 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 my goal yeah. money. So That's my fucking wager. Not, I fucking hope so. If not, and you hear this this uh, plug we're going to do for Winslow, then you better make sure that he gets there. You're going to fucking let us down. Uh, yeah, you'll be there. Staggering. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the podcast, uh, your Kickstarter sucks, run by two guys who are super funny comedian writers that I like a lot. And then I found out they're both goons. They're both from something awful from the early days that were pretty famous on the forums, like Dog Boner is uh, who Mike is, and like uh, he's also pretty big on Twitter, was on FYAD all the time. But like it, it blew my mind to realize, like, man, these goons and these something awful people are everywhere. And sometimes they uh, they do good things and make fun comedy, and sometimes they do horrible society uh, crumbling things like make 4chan. <laughs> but you know what? I don't think that Moot is a bad guy. I think he was like he was problematic, but like literally every single white man on the internet was problematic during the oh, yeah, back, yeah, back in the day. day. Like I, I I have scrubbed so much of my crazy edgelord bullshit off of the internet because for all the people that are gonna go digging, I no longer believe in that shit. But <laughs> I yeah. I don't know that Moot himself was a bastard. I think that 4chan got out of control for him. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? feel that way. Like the the original guy that was I I can't remember his name but he, uh, Robert Watkins, hired him because he knew how to code better and he was more familiar with the structure of 4chan and 2chan and eventually 8kun. Um, that dude just, like, he, I think he's confined to a wheelchair and, like, he had a lot of weird, uh, 
medical issues that kind of kept him from living a normal life. But so he really got into anime, um, which makes sense. Um, and I think that that kind of insular society where people are talking about their private nerdy things that they get into, like that's, that's kind of a lovely thing, except the fact that every single time that you get more than four men together, it turns to fucking Nazis. Every yeah. single goddamn time. <laughs> it's it's like uh, it's that thing of capitalism itself intrinsically has to have a lower class that you subjugate. So that's when authoritarian kind of values come into play with a lot of these things. So if you just believe the system and follow it, you're gonna make Nazis every every time. single fucking it's just time. How it is. Yeah, it just it just yeah. shits out Nazis. It's just like if you have yeah. an office building and you have enough men together, it's like within an hour. They're going to be quoting Anchorman to each other. Oops, all Nazis. <laughs> and then also, uh, for my recommendation, my plug, uh, I'm sure we're going to plug it here too, but I'm also going to plug the Tarot Restless. Go to fucking Kickstarter, put some money into that, get yourself a hot yeah, pack, because it's going to be good. I, uh, I spent four years, I don't know, did, did my original plug, was that at the beginning? Did we even include that? I don't know. No, we're going to do that now. So I'd say let's go. Let's go straight to you for this uh, this this wonderful plug right now. I uh, I'm an illustrator and comedian, and I spent four years making uh, a really really elaborate deck of tarot cards. Um, and that there's a, there ever there's a million decks of tarot cards out there, but mine is unique for the fact that it is. Um, it, every single card has a short story. It's a totally unique interpretation of the tarot deck, so nothing is the same, so like no card interpretations are uh, consistent from the original Rider Waite. Um, it, every card has a short story, it's all set in one uh, very like Lovecraftian Dark Souls universe uh, set during the very final days of an infertility apocalypse. Uh, it's already like a already sold out around the world, but I'm making a third edition which has the original 78 cards uh, 12 of them, I've updated the art, so it's like the best of things that I've ever drawn. Plus uh, the 12 cards of the Zodiac Retrograde. And then the final 10 cards that are an Oracle set called the Oracle Inimical. And so it's the biggest, craziest thing I've ever made. And uh, it's on Kickstarter now. It's called the Tarot Restless. It's been praised by, I don't know if you're into metal at all, but it's been praised by um, Kristen Hader of Lingua Ignata. Really likes it. Uh, Jeff Whitehead of Leviathan. Um, it's even oh, ended up in the hands of uh, of George Clark from Death Heaven and Nurgle from Behemoth and Stevie Floyd of Dark Castle. Um, so it's got a lot of uh, a lot of accolades. So, but yeah, it's it's up on Kickstarter's Kickstarter started February first and is going uh, for thirty days. And uh, if you help me out, I can actually make this into a real thing. Fuck yeah. Yeah, check it out, and then check out Winslow's art. It's all fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's all on. Like WinslowDomain.com, and my Instagram is at calculations, and then my Twitter is just my regular name. Yeah. And then uh, for uh, Luke or Martin, did you guys have anything you wanted to plug? Or uh, ref- or I should say recommend uh, here, too? I, I guess I'll, I'll recommend. I've, I've really been enjoying a YouTube channel. Are you guys into speedrunning at all? Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, we're all- Are you watching yeah, Awesome Games Done Quick? Uh, I am, but uh, I was specifically going to recommend uh, Summoning Salt. Uh, oh, yeah, he's terrific. Yeah, for sure. Such such fucking Great name. well-edited videos. His voice is mm-hmm. very soothing, and the way he talks about these things, like, he fucking knows speedrunning up and down, so you're getting 
information from someone who can talk about it like they know something. I don't really know all that much about speedrunning, but I love video games and I love seeing things done quickly with the type of mechanical precision that you're only used to seeing computers doing, and it's beautiful to see a person do that. Check out his stuff if you have any interest yeah. in speedrunning at all, or if you're just looking for something something nice to listen to on the background. It's real chill. And you know what I gotta say too? Fuck you, computers. You always think you're shit. You know what? You're not shit. That's what I'm gonna say. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I have a theory because Luke's uh, jumped in and dropped out that his mic not be it might not be working right now. Yeah. It would, yeah. So it goes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Here's a message from Luke. Okay. Yeah. It's not working. Um. Okay. That works. Yeah, I'm going to recommend uh, through the... We'll say that Luke was going to recommend, uh, I don't know, Neon Genesis. That sounds right. That sounds no. very correct. <laughs> yeah, it sounds right. <laughs> yeah, it's back on Netflix. Make sure you watch the subtitle one, not the dub. Cause yeah, the don't watch awful. that dub. Um, but yeah, since since he's not here to do our sign-off, should we still try to do it? Just yeah, no, we you. can fuck it up. Okay, uh, yeah. you ready for this? Uh, three, two... You're gonna what? like the way You're I You're gonna fuck. like the way I guarantee fuck. it. I guarantee it. Okay. Uh, you know what? Cut and print, baby. Get oh, that to the presses. That's money. It's not much money, but it's money. I think I'm gonna it lose sales because of this podcast. <laughs> show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. The words get stuck in my throat. <laughs> <laughs>